Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The words attack workers and we will fight back. That was uh, the message. Scrawled on the wall of Lori Scott's constituency office in Kawartha Lakes. It was broken in, broken into last night overnight. Smashed windows. They vandalized the office. And then a tweet appeared saying, quote, Before repealing 148, every Ontario workers will kill both of you. F off. But the premier's offices, MPPs, have they've all been getting outright death rates. The minister's. Anybody who is part of the labor reforms on Bill 148, there's no question there is anger over this issue on both sides. you got private businesses who feel like they've been absolutely suffocated by the sudden changes that came in under Kathleen Wynne. And then you've got the labor union special interest groups, you know, who have taken this issue because they're worried. They're worried about their own bottom line. And um, just yesterday, it was the Ontario Federation of Labor that was at Queen's Park, and they made no secret that they see Doug Ford as the enemy. That is what um, Jim Wilson was talking about. They said, we see Doug Ford as the enemy. We're going to send a clear message. So did that rhetoric set someone off? Here is uh, the president of the OFL, Chris Buckley. Buckley. It doesn't surprise me they're trying to link myself or the labor movement or the fight for 15 and fairness towards uh, what took place yesterday. Again, uh, we had nothing to do what took place yesterday. We don't condone it and we won't condone any acts of violence going forward. Yeah, it's just about I don't I don't care. I don't care who's involved. Just condemn it. Everybody should just be condemning this. Every labor group, everyone who's involved with the protest should just come out and say, don't do this crap, period, because someone's going to get killed. Or hurt. Let's bring in Catherine Swift to the conversation. She was, of course, a member, she, president of the CFIB, so she dealt with the business side of things, but certainly uh, now with the working Canadians, she knows all about the labor unions and how they work. She joins us now. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Alex. What do you make of what, um, what has transpired over the, the last, I guess, couple of weeks with 148 and now all of the action that happened today? Well, I, I wish I could say I was surprised, but, but I'm not. And, and uh, that comes from personal experience as well as as I guess history and I mean I had death threats when I when I was president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business I had death threats uh, it's it just seems a certain part of the left and it's not all of them to be fair but a certain portion of the left seems to feel entitled to resort to violence uh, and or threats of violence or all of the above when it comes to them feeling they didn't get their way. And we all don't get our way sometimes. I mean, most of us don't get our way most of the time. But it, it, it just seems to be a unique characteristic of the, of the left and unions, too. And I, I heard your quote there from the, the OFL uh, head about it wasn't them, it wasn't them. But unions, through their history, have... Uh, been violent on picket lines 
And to, to this day, they say there shouldn't be scab workers, say, they like to call it scabs or whatever, uh, allowed when there's a strike because it, it could risk violence. And frankly, violence is illegal. I'm sorry, it's just illegal. It should never be accepted under any circumstances. And to, to say it's justified and, and to imply it's justified by a government not doing what they want is, is purely ridiculous and totally uncalled for. But, I mean, again, the left and, and unions, because I'd be shocked if there wasn't union money behind this particular uh, episode, um, you know, they, they resort to threats or actual violence fairly frequently in their history. So I'm sorry, I don't buy it that there's no unions involved here. I just don't. Well, I mean, look, the the, the Federation, of the Ontario Federation, um, they were at this un- this rally yesterday, and so they were there. They were, you know, rev- ramping up the the crowds. That's what they do. But the bottom line is, if one or two people decide, okay, that's our cue to do something, then I think they have no choice but to condemn it. it you know, I'm not suggesting that they were directly involved. But again, if you're going to create this kind of mob-like mentality, then when something happens like this, you have to say, hey, hold on. We're not going down that road. We'll make a lot of noise, but we're not going to be, you know, destroying the office of a, of a woman and, uh, and creating this kind of violence. And yeah, Exactly. And, uh, but it does seem to be a fairly unique characteristic of, of the left, that, that for whatever reason, when an election doesn't go their way, I mean, you know, those of us who are small C conservatives, and I'm one of them, I'm not even always a big C conservative, but, you know, we, everybody loses elections, or, you know, and they have a government elected they don't, that isn't their, you know, preference from time to time. But it seems to be a characteristic of the left that they have to take it to this ridiculous level of violence or threats of violence. And, and the bullying, the, the bullying is just that, and like I said, I, I personally remember it very well when we opposed certain types of labor-related legislation back in the day. And um, it, it, uh, it, it, it is never justified. And the other thing that strikes me in this whole sort of scenario, when we look at the facts, Bill 148 has been in force for less than a year you would think if you listen to a lot of these labor leaders, you'd think we're going back to the dirty 30s or something. You would think this is a reversal of, you know, labor rights that have been in place for decades. But it's not. This was a highly imbalanced, labor-friendly, uh, union-friendly piece of legislation that the liberals, the provincial liberals put in just before they got voted out uh, as a, I, I think it was kind of their, you know, thank you very much unions for supporting us for all these years. And a lot of the, a lot of the provisions in it were very, very imbalanced. The minimum wage thing, for example, increasing the minimum wage by more than 20% in a very short period of time for business. How many of us, I, I've often thought, what if my mortgage payment suddenly went up by 20% overnight? Could I, could I deal with that? I mean, a lot of this stuff was so unreasonable to start with that the notion of rolling it back even, I mean, the, the, the conservatives are not reducing minimum wage. They're just saying, we're going to leave it where it is. So and businesses can catch up. Yeah. Where it is, is 20-odd percent higher than it was, you know, nine months ago, so- which is pretty darn good, frankly. So a, a lot, when you look at the substance of this, the, the labor unions and the left doesn't have a leg to stand on, to my way of thinking.
Well, they have two legs to stand on, and they got very loud voices, and, and, you know, they're very motivated. But I remember the protests of the Mike Harris years. I remember the volatility. I remember the horses being hit with, you know, yeah. uh, you know, being injured and whatever. But I do not recall um, the volatility and the anger that we are seeing today. And, and I'm not putting it just on one side, but people are angry, and, and certainly um, they're, they're motivated. Yeah, you're right. We look, we look at the U.S., we look at Canada, even around the world. There is more polarization, and it's worrisome. It's worrisome. Yeah. You know, people seem to get more agitated, more extreme. Uh, and, and it's very, very worrisome because it's not, it's not the sign of a civilized society, which is absolutely what we should be. But again, you know, this is definitely a spin-off from the election mm-hmm. of a conservative government. Why, why weren't all these unions protesting uh, a year ago when there was a liberal government about not having, you know, why weren't they wrecking liberal ministers' uh, offices because they didn't have these kinds of uh, things that were contained in Bill 148, for example? Well, why did they protest uh, Kathleen Wynne yeah, when she said, absolutely not, will I raise the minimum wage? I mean, exactly. that was three years ago and they didn't say anything. So he's Precisely. very politically motivated, but I'm not sure where it goes from now, but what I see is you've got private businesses now that have been completely vilified. They're not going to speak out because the last thing they need are protests at their their work. But you've got this real division where you've got organized labor now pitting itself against private business. And it's not the big corporations, Catherine, that I worry about. It's the mom and pop shops that are just trying to get by. It always is. It always is. And half the economy is small, medium-sized business. So we're not talking about kind of some fringe group here. Uh, and and most people know small business owners. They shop. They you know they deal with small business people all the time, and they're supportive of them. And they are the ones that yes, they tend to you know they they tend to not have the options that a large corporation does, where they can say move to some other country if they don't like the conditions here. You know, small businesses tends to be the backbone of the economy uh, in a, in a local kind of way. And yeah, they are they are the ones that end up suffering the most. Mm-hmm. And you know all this type legislation it should be a balance it should be a reasonable balance between the rights of workers and the rights of employers as well and bill 148 took it way over the line encroaching upon the rights of businesses and ultimately when i when i see the when i saw that silly graffiti scrawled you know what you know we support workers and all that frankly you don't support workers because if you have punitive legislation to business there's not going to be any workers, or there's going to be a lot fewer workers. So it doesn't work for them either. So, you know, the notion of having a balance is, is a winning strategy, and Bill 148 went way over the line. It was, way, it was very, very friendly to unions and very unfriendly to businesses, and unfortunately, you know, you need something in the middle to work. Just before I let you go, is it my imagination, or is the NDP more organized now than they were in the past, or is it the labor um, groups have uh, been able to get more sophisticated to, to, you know, do these kinds of things? Well, I think, well, labor labor unions have, and we've, we've discussed this reality before, labor unions in Canada actually have the most favorable legislation in the developed world in terms of people are forced to pay dues. They have no transparency requirements. They are in many countries. Unions can't can't spend millions and millions of dollars as they do in Canada mm-hmm. to interfere in elections, for example. So 
I think cumulatively over time, because they, they are very, very well funded uh, and they don't have to even justify themselves to their members, they have become more and more active. So I think you're right, Alex. We are seeing a trend and frankly, I think it's only going to get worse in the future. Yeah, the 2019 election is going to be, I think, very vicious. It's going yeah. to be really interesting, yeah. but voters should realize who's who's paying the freight. That old saying, follow the money. Always follow when the unions dollar. are supporting a candidate, you as an average taxpayer, they're not helping you. Yeah. All right. Good advice. Thank you so much, Catherine. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That is Catherine Swift, who you know from uh, the CFIB at one point and now now with Working Canadians. So she has a lot of insight into how labor unions work and the fights they wage. She's on the side of the little guy.